Hello and welcome to the Empathy for Breakfast show. I am Mimi Nicklin and I am your host of a show that travels the world, talking to people from all corners of our planet about empathy, about our ability to connect and to understand each other and how that is changing our world. These conversations won't only unpack the amazing power of empathy in our societies and our businesses, but they will remind us that we are all far more alike than we are different. I believe that there has never been a better time to talk about empathy, to talk about our need to reconnect as people, as human beings. The more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. So let's get talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathy for Breakfast show. Today, I'm joined by Meritzel Garcia from Spain. She's a writer, an empathy expert, and a coach, and she's the author of El Arte de la Empatía, which translates as The Art of Empathy. It's a practical guide for highly sensitive people to thrive in the world and allow themselves to fulfill their true potential and succeed in the world around them. Meritzel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mimi. You are so, so welcome. I'm really excited to be talking today about creativity. This is a topic that you and I uh, connected over just a few weeks ago. And of course, having had an entire career in the creative industries, something really, really close uh, to my heart and my last 15 years all around the world. So Meritzel, let's start with talking a little bit about empathy, which is what brought us truly together. And obviously, you've written a book all about it. What does empathy mean to you? Empathy to me is the invisible thread that connects between people. I feel that human connection is about understanding the person that you have in front of you and connecting from a deepest place where you are eager to listen and you have genuine curiosity to know what's about the other person. Oh, an invisible thread. I love that. And I have this same question for every guest that comes on because there are always such beautiful answers. You know, empathy is Uh, so beautifully described by different people. And I love that idea of an invisible thread. Talking of threads and invisible threads, is there one between empathy and creativity? And, And if so, what is the connection between the two? Definitely. I think there is because empathy is about genuine curiosity about someone and creativity has that in common. You need to have genuine curiosity about things. Uh, To be creative, you need to pay attention. This is something that cannot be separate. You need to pay attention at your surroundings. You need to pay attention to reality because in the end, creativity is making connections between things that apparently have nothing to do with each other. But at some point, something sparks in your head and there's a connection between them. And I feel that having a very well-developed empathy ability helps you be more creative. I would even say that people who are very empathic empaths, highly sensitive people have such a highway into creativity because they naturally feel people, they naturally feel spaces, they naturally pay attention to things. And this is just the, you know, the trick to make those connections that are not apparent to a lot of people, but that you see the connection that there are in different things and you put them together into a new idea, into a new project. I love that you just said um, something around, you know, seeing things that other people don't see. And I remember writing in my book, something very similar which is when you're truly being empathetic you see what other people see but in a different way from what you know how they're seeing it um which is yeah just a beautiful way of describing it thank you for sharing that now creativity again something I'm hugely passionate about it's fueled my entire career is it a skill are we born with it can we curate it 
What do you think? I think that we all have it, but some of us have so much over creativity that it's not allowing it to flourish. And so I feel that you can train yourself to be more creative, but it's, some people just have it more naturally, you know, overdeveloped and some others need to work a bit more on it. But for example, you know, I, I always thought I was not a creative person because I thought creativity was just for a few bunch of privileged people who were artists and I was not, not Picasso. I was definitely not J.K. Rowling or anything like that. But I feel that uh, paying attention and training yourself to see more than you actually see is something that everybody can do. So if there's somebody in the audience who's listening to us, it's like, I'm not creative. I will question that because maybe you don't feel that you are right now. And that might be true. But this doesn't mean that you don't have the capacity. The same way that when you want to exercise your body, you go to the gym, you can do the same thing for creativity. You just need to create those exercises that make you fool this creativity so it can actually get out in the world. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Again, having done, you know, sort of been in creative all of my life, you're absolutely right. So many people would come into my industry, which was the advertising industry, and say, well, I'm in the, the client management side. I'm not creative. Um, but of course, they all were. They just needed nurturing and an environment where they could find that creativity. Now, tell us, Maritza, do you believe children are born with creativity? Is it is it really? Are we all equal? Or are there people that are born with, with more? I think that, you know, as, as any in life really there are some things that are innate in the human being I think creativity is innate in the human being but uh, there are some people who have more developed skills like if you would ask me for example to assembly furniture please don't call me it would be an absolute disaster but this doesn't mean that I cannot do it I mean if I have to I will it's just not my natural ability so but I think that you can definitely develop that and for kids you know the good thing about kids is that they don't have that many limitations that we as adults uh, build these walls around us that creativity cannot flow through them and it's not that kids have more creativity I would say they have less limits and less walls around them which means that creativity has a path to actually flow Whereas us, the moment that we grow up, we think that there are certain things that are silly or that there are certain things that we are we don't allow ourselves to do. And so it's not that we don't have it. It's just that it doesn't have a path to get out. So, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there you've got it, uh, everybody listening. It's, it's the limitations we put on ourselves that stop our creativity from flourishing, perhaps rather than your innate ability. Now, I want to move on to something that you coined this for me, Maritzel, dramatic creativity. When we last spoke, you told me, a really interesting story around your belief in, in dramatic creativity. So this ability of human beings to go through something in life that sparks a really natural ability to use their creativity, to find solutions, to change a path, to change their outcome. Would you tell us a little bit about that? What is the connection between complex or difficult life moments and an increased use or leverage of our creativity? You know, we were talking about limits and this has a lot to do with that. When we are in situations that are extreme in one way or another, we need to live those limits. Otherwise, would just die <laughs> and so we have to do it and then creativity has a path because you you live those and I'll, I'll put you an example so um, I think it was 2016 there was a military coup in Turkey and um, my partner uh, got stuck in Istanbul 
he was going to meet me in Singapore and uh, he got stuck in there. I was I was really stressed. I thought that something was happening to him. Uh, you know, I could hear sound bombs while I was talking to him uh, and he was at the airport. And, you know, all of a sudden, lots of ideas came to mind. I was like, I, there's nothing I can do for him being there, but I can do things from the outside. So I started calling a friends in Istanbul and I, I started like figuring out a way out if he had to get out of the airport. So my friend was ready to go pick, you know, my partner up at the airport if he couldn't get out by plane. Started talking on Twitter with different people to see what was going on in the airport and connecting him with people. My mom was calling the embassy. So all of a sudden, different options started started to come up because I was scared that something would happen to him, but I also wanted to contribute and help. So in these extreme situations is when you lift off these limits and you think, oh, I'm not there. There's nothing I can do. I can only support him by phone. But no, I, there were things that I could do. So I was organizing and finding solutions. And after all that happened, I was even amazed like how did I came up with the idea that I knew people in Istanbul and I had a lady with a car just you know <laughs> waiting to pick him up so this is something that happens when we are in extreme situations because creativity is having solutions for any problem that comes up but what I struggle with sometimes is you know th this happened to me like I had different events that were a bit extreme and then I thought to myself how come can I I don't do that with normal day life situations like I get frustrated if I'm not in the bus stop on time and then the, the bus just leaves and and so, so I can do a full plan for a military coup and then when I'm in the bus stop and I cannot get the bus then, then somehow I can't use it like this doesn't make any sense and so I started thinking that if I could bring this creativity without having to be in extreme situations I could take the advantage of that to find creative solutions that were not apparent in the situation and it could give me more option and I'll give you a real life example of this week I went to the library and I left my uh, my ID so I couldn't actually retrieve the books and then get them home so before I would limit myself and don't pick up any books and go home sad because I couldn't get any. I went with a stack of books to the guy at the library and I was like, listen, I left my ID at home. I want to take those books. How do we do that? And so he said, do you have, do you have your identity card or do you have something? I'm like, no, I totally left my purse. Like I have nothing on me. I mean, I can show you online. I can show you a picture of my passport. And he was like, okay, let's do something. Let me check with you some data that I have here in my, in my computer and let's go through. And I was like, okay, sure. So I had no ID, but I had an open question for him. And he gave me the options because I didn't know what options did I have, but he did. And so, and I left with my stack of books, all happy. Wow. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, three years ago, four years ago, I would have just left the books on the shelf and don't ask anybody and go home with no books. And this is because those limitations that we would we put on in front of us are the real problem because problems can be solved. Problem is that the mind that created the problems cannot solve it because your left part of the brain created that problem. My left part of the brain was like, oh, you know, you can't get any books, right? But that part of my brain could not solve the problem. It had to be my right side that was like, wait a minute. I mean, we, we got this. <laughs> we, we got this. Let's find a solution for it. Solves the book problem, if we just think about it a little bit more. I love that story. Well, two stories. Thank you, you know, for sharing two really, really personal stories there. Now, of course, you, you spoke about the coup in, in Turkey and, you know, deep stress and how deep stress creates creative solutions. And I think, again, coming from advertising, some of the best campaigns and work out there 
there is work that solves a deep problem or a painful problem or a human need. Um, but what about positive feelings? So, you know, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm asking your opinion here, but I'm assuming that happy emotions and joy, as long as they're powerful emotions, that they also can creativity. It's not just negative experiences that provoke that. No, I mean, I think all emotions are equal to me because I feel that we tend to categorize, right? Like our, our left brain loves categories. And so what we do is like positive things, negative things. I, I, I think that there are things, right? So it doesn't matter what emotion it is. Emotions trigger something in us because emotions are really our natural warning to tell us something's going on. Like it doesn't matter if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing. It's just a natural warning for us that, that says that, you know, there's something you need to pay attention. So whatever that emotion is, I think is a great source of creativity. Uh, because when we are like when I'm sad, for example, I write, but when I'm happy, I write too, because there's nothing that, that I cannot write about. And, and, you know, each of us has our comfortable zone for creativity. Like for me, it's it's writing and for other people would be painting and for other people would be, you know, other other stuff, right? Or another discipline. But I think that life really is what is the source of creativity. And this is motion, this is people, this is relationships, this is conversations. This is, uh, you know, looking at people on the street. I do this all the time. I get on my balcony and I watch people. And I watch people and I think about their lives and where they're going and what do they do. And I have a factory right in front of my house and I see this steam coming up from these chimneys. And I always think it's like magic steam and what would it be, you know, inside the factory. So anything can really create different realities. You just need to change perspective. And I think that, you know, empathy helps you on that. Empathy helps you into open up your perspective and see things from a different lens. And changing the perspective is what allows you to see things where others don't see them. And, and this is part of creativity as well. So uh, it's just, uh, it's not about the things that you look, but how do you look at things? Absolutely. And I love that very famous quote about, you know, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change, which is very similar to what you just said, which is just about perspective. And from my experience, obviously, I'm a writer as well. So I'm exactly the same. When I'm sad, I write. When I'm happy, I'm right. I just write all the time. And and one of the things I found really tough in lockdown was creative writing. So not sort of diary or journals, but really thinking creatively about things without the stimulus of humanity around us. So I often talk about how I write at my best when I'm in a cafe, a train station, a hotel lobby. Like you said, you're standing on your balcony. Because for me, humanity around me is what feeds my creativity. I wonder what the lockdown, and it has been a very long period, will have done to our speed capacity, interest in creativity, because we've been locked inside. Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's sort of a double-edged sword in a way, because, you know, I, I get fueled by conversations. I love walking and hearing people talk. I sat in the cafeteria and I hear to what people say. And then somebody says something and I'm like, and I start typing it up, you know? And the thing is, now I can't do that, which means that I need to mm -hmm. get even more creative about it because yeah. I cannot get the source, direct sources of this, which means that I need to craft that. So those dialogues that I would hear that would make an idea spark, now I need to create them on my own. So it's a different path to get to the same place. So now I have to imagine what the guy, you know, walking the dog uh, right in front of my house is saying, uh, or I need to imagine what's, what's happening to those people that I see, you know, three meters afar. So I feel that in a way, probably at the beginning, has sort of frustrated some creative people because we are used to get this uh, kind of inspiration 
inspiration from the everyday life. So the moment that you are locked down and you don't have that, you need to find other paths to get the same thing. Well, I mean, and call to action to everybody listening. Absolutely no excuses. Find your creative juice wherever you are. Um, but Maritza, you mentioned earlier, you know, if anyone's listening and they think, oh, I'm just not creative. Really interesting conversation, but it's not for me. Have you got a couple of tips that you could give to people that might help them explore their creativity or bring creativity into their daily lives? Yeah. So for me, the first thing is attention. And cultivating attention is something that's going to make you creative for sure. So when you're walking on the street, set yourself a challenge. Let's say, for example, today I'm going to take pictures of anything red. And you just take pictures of anything red you see. And you, you'll see that you've been walking the same path every day. And you haven't seen half of the red things that you will see today. Because you have an objective. And I so- love that. <laughs> I'm going to do that today. Sorry. I'm going to do that today. So it's, you know, it's something really, really easy to do. But believe me, you're going to be surprised of the things that you never saw before. You can do this with anything. I mean, you can do this with sound. Today, I'm going to pay attention to sounds. What do I hear? And you start hearing cars and you start hearing the trolleys and the cars and, and I don't know, whatever it is. So setting yourself an attention challenge, it's something that will fuel creativity because in the end you will see things you don't normally see so you will get ideas it doesn't matter what it is and you don't even need to think about it so if you focus on selective attention ideas will come amazing love that brilliant do you have a second one or is that the genius for today no i mean this is this is one of the things the other thing is for example you can i would say this is for the outside but you can do this on the inside as well and this is something interesting so note yourself like notice what's going on inside because sometimes we are so focused on the outside that we don't get to see what's what's happening inside us so um there's something that i i I use very often and it's morning pages by julie cameron uh and this is like a very easy thing to do when you wake up in the morning you write three pages non-stop and you don't put your pen down until you finish and what you do is basically notate anything that comes to mind i'm tired you know i'm so angry because my mom did this and i'm so hungry to my partner whatever that is so this creates dumpster for your mind so you dump everything that you have in your head into the page and what this helps is to create space for creativity when you have your hand full of shit that's flying around there's no pathway for creativity so you need to first uh, you know get the trash out and how you do that is like you get the trash out of your um, left brain so it leaves you alone while your right brain uh, can work right so um, doing this this little exercise in the morning it's it's a good thing that will change the flow of your day so i would totally recommend that uh, try it out because uh it's it's a game changer so tomorrow i'm gonna message you and be like right merit so <laughs> i've written three pages i've looked for red things and i've heard the birds i've heard the birds singing and everything's going to be different so brilliant <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. We're we're running out of time. Tell us a little bit um, about your upcoming book. So I know you've got a new book, Mundo Apasionado, which translates as a passionate world. Um, And you've also got some coaching programs, which you're already running. So could you give us a little bit of information about your book, about your courses and where people can find you? So my new book is in Mundo Apasionado, Passionate World. And it's about highly sensitive people and creativity. And I, I talk in there about, you know, techniques and how to bring creativity in your everyday life. So it's not only for a few privileged people, it's something that we can do. It's useful because sometimes we think that creativity is something 
you know, you only do it with uh, drawing or singing or it, no. I mean, you can do it looking for red things and getting ideas on how to do your grocery shopping better or getting ideas on how to rearrange the furniture in your house or how to cook, you know, different dishes that you haven't tried before. So creativity is for everyday life and it's useful. And so uh, getting uh, familiar with that and using it, it gives us new perspectives. So I'm super excited for this book uh, that I think is going to help highly sensitive people, but anybody really who wants to get in touch with creativity and use it for their own benefit in the everyday life. And then... To rent it out, Mary, when are we going to be able to read it? So I am currently writing it. So I'm, I, it's on the works and it'll probably be out uh, beginning next year. We still have some months ahead of me looking for things every day. Uh, <laughs> but it will come out next year. So I'm sure we can we can have a chat next year about creativity and go in depth into, into these topics. And then you were asking me about my coaching program. So I'm a coach and I use empathy in all my uh, personal processes that I do because I think it's the key ingredient for authenticity. And I feel that we all, regardless of the problems that we have or the things that we want to solve, we all want to be more ourselves. So uh, I have different programs. I have one Get Stuck program, Get Unstuck program, where people can, you know, have a session with me and we look at obstacles and we look at what's stucking you and getting you unstuck. And then I have a highly sensitive uh, people and empaths program where we work on my method, the empathic gym, to use empathy and self-empathy to look at the positives of uh, sensitivity and get the most out of it. So they can find me in uh, meditagarciaroj.com. I'm very active on Instagram, so they can find me there as well. R. I'm sure that I'll be getting a lot of content out on creativity because this is what I'm on it right now. So a lot of empathy, highly sensitive people and creativity out there. Fantastic. Well, I will share all of those links as well in the show notes so that you all can click through and just check on what Meritzel is up to. Very last question, because I want to get to know you a little bit better. This is about empathizing with each other. If you could share breakfast with anyone, Meritzel, or any few people, where would you go? Who would you be with? And what would you be having? I'm tempted to say right now, I would love to have breakfast with my grandparents because I haven't touched them for a long time. You know, I see them, but I see them in the distance. And um, my grandpa likes very dark coffee. And so I, I feel that this is one of those moments, you know, when he's like, can we have a coffee? And I'm like, yes. And so <laughs> and he likes to, you know, get outside on, on a terrace and just have coffee and watch people uh, walk. So uh, I think that would be that would be the, the best breakfast that I that, that I'm looking forward actually very, very soon where, where things go back to normal. <laughs> I love that. And it feels so Spanish to me. My family also live in Spain. And, and when I think of very dark coffee on a terrace, I can almost picture your grandfather, this old Spanish man on the terrace with his coffee. So thank you for allowing me to empathize with you today. For everybody listening, this has been the Empathy for Breakfast show. I've been with Meritzel Garcia, who is an author and an empathy expert and coach. Meritzel, thank you for sharing all of that inspiration and all of your energy today. And absolutely, we will reconnect next year when your new book is out in the world so we can inspire even more people with creativity. Thank you for being here, Meritzel. Thank you. And with that, Another episode of the Empathy for Breakfast show comes to a close. I would like to thank IQ Films, who produced this episode, and DJ Ciel for my soundtrack and music. Do join me online to carry on the conversation. I'm incredibly active on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, at Mimi Nicklin. I would love to talk to you all more. Meanwhile, spread the word, share the empathy. Because after all, the more the world talks about empathy, 
the more empathy the world will have. I'm Mimi Nicklin. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you again on the Empathy for Breakfast show.